ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to episode number three of the Get Around Podcast, your weekly, right, well it was supposed to be weekly, we missed last week, but from here on out it will probably be every week, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> what is supposed to be your weekly podcast from the Traverse City uh, Record Eagles superb sports department. Uh, I am your host, Brennan Queeley, and alongside me this week are my fellow get-around guys and Record Eagle sports writers, James Cook and Brett Summers. How you doing, fellas? Not bad. I feel like I haven't Good. done this in a while. It has been a little bit for you, my friend. So uh, we were back after taking last week off. Uh, Brett was not strong enough to fight through a nasty head and chest cold. Yeah. Is that right? You're still like that. Still uh, feeling the lingering effects of that one, huh? Yeah, I mean, something might come up on the table here today. We'll see. Mm, that sounds good. Appetizer. So, yeah, we didn't feel like uh, forcing you to listen to him coughing and hacking up a lung. Uh, that probably wouldn't make for really good podcast material. I don't yeah. think so. We're going to assume you probably caught that on the plane Take back. A, maybe. Maybe. I hadn't thought of that, but that's possible because I couldn't yeah. figure out any other place I'd have picked something up. James called it a germ tube. Yeah, planes are just a germ tube. Yeah. I've only been on a plane once. Once in my entire really? life, I flew really? to New York, and it was I was actually on an episode of The Daily Show. I was Bob the Engineer during the uh, tour of the, the real America. Or no, I'm sorry, the tour of the other America. As we've learned this week, there's apparently quite a bit of tension between the two Americas, the real one with good people and where I live. We all know a nation divided cannot stand, so we sent Rob Riggle out to bridge this gap by giving real Americans a tour of the other America. We got a busload full of real Americans, like Bob, the engineer from South Dakota, Jane, the housewife from Nebraska, and Mustache Larry from Iowa. Uh, but yes, we are back and better than ever. Pause for effect. Uh, this week, we're bringing you one fine episode of the Get Around Podcast. Uh, here's what we have on tap. We're going to discuss a little Detroit Red Wings hockey as both Brett and James made their way over to center ice for training camp. We'll break down uh, the somewhat up-and-down season for Leland Volleyball, which was hit with another injury after getting star player Allie Martin back last week. We'll also dive into just how good the Traverse City West and Traverse City St. Francis football teams are and if a 9-0 record is in the Titans and the Gladiators' futures. We'll make our picks for our third inductee of the Get Around Hall of Fame as we choose our Athlete of the Week. We take a look at this week's schedule and see what games and matches most stick out to us as the most intriguing. And we'll also venture back and uh, go over what lessons some of our local teams learned this past week. And we'll give our pick for the best movie with sports as the background as we finish up the show with the trifecta. Now a little explanation for that category there for the trifecta. It's a movie that has sports in it, but isn't necessarily about sports. So sports as the background. Uh, you'll understand when we make our picks, or you won't, or we'll we'll just be happy if you make it to that part of the episode, really. So, uh, before we get into any of that, uh, Stephen King's It was once again number one, uh, the number one movie in America for the second straight week after shattering box office records in its opening weekend. Uh, I went and saw the movie last night, uh, Sunday, uh, with uh, some friends, our uh, co-host. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Harrison Beebe uh, and a couple other people, and I did have an, a nightmare uh, involving Pennywise, the dancing clown. That's the clown's name in there. Um, so yeah, uh, Pennywise, the dancing clown, he manifests himself as your greatest fear, 
and so that brings us to our question of the week. If you happened to be wandering around a good old Dairy, Maine, which is where the movie takes place, and you ran into Pennywise the Dancing Clown, what sports fear would mani- would he manifest himself as? Uh, we are going to go with the one, the only, the bald, Brett Summers. Ooh. Um, well, I have to say that, uh, especially after last night's uh, Sunday night football game against Atlanta, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers having his throwing arm snapped off probably would uh, would would be one there that would not make you feel so good. So you're a Packers fan? I am a Packers fan, Yeah, yes. for our listeners that aren't aware. Uh, Wisconsin native, so Packers, Badgers, Brewers, kind of covered there. Yeah, I don't know what would happen to the uh, to the Pack if they lost Aaron Rodgers. Would they... Would they win? They might Would cease they be able to, to exist win? altogether. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, nobody watch probably. That that's for sure. But uh, yeah, um, they may have not even needed Pennywise last night. That's kind of what I was thinking going into that game because they were missing both left and right starting tackles, and started two guys who neither of which had ever started a game in the NFL before. One guy uh, who just a year ago was. He was, I guess, working some kind of a desk job at a hotel, hoping he'd get another try. And then all of a sudden, you're, you know, asked to protect the, the franchise. So that that sounds like a, a Disney movie in the making, right there. Yeah, you know? yeah. I uh, I was not counting on a victory from Green Bay last night. It, to me, the win was escaping without Aaron Rodgers being hauled off on a. Stretcher. So. I, I was surprised when uh, we got to the uh, we got to the U and I lounge last night after watching because nobody wanted to go home and go to bed after watching it because it was so scary. Um, but we went to the U and I lounge and I was surprised seeing uh, we caught like the last forty eight seconds of the game. They were what was the final score thirty four twenty three. Yes, something along the line. Yeah, along those lines. Yeah, that, I was surprised. I I thought uh, um, I thought Green Bay was uh, was going to win that game, but what do I know? Literally nothing about the NFL. Literally nothing other than it stands for the National Football League. The No Fun League. The No yeah, Fun League. No but fun it's not, but it's back to being fun. Sort of. Celebration. Celebrations are back. Sort of. Some, they're allowed. Some there celebrations. Was like, they were like having a tea party Two pumps, in the end not zone. three. Two pumps, yeah. not three. What are we talking about? Are we talking about celebrations here or something Yes, else? yes, Antonio Brown, his... Uh, the hang- Hangle McCringleberry rule. Yeah, the Hangle McCringleberry rule. Sorry, we might be going a little off the deep end here. I got one. I have no idea who Hangle McCringleberry is. Um, James, what's your greatest sports fear? What uh, uh, what would Pennywise manifest himself uh, as? That I wouldn't live long enough to see the Lions win a Super Bowl. Oh. But, I mean, I might have to live to be like 150 for that to happen. Hey, you know, it... You know, hopefully you don't die right before they win the Super Bowl. Like, you got to feel bad for all those Cubs yeah. fans who, like, bit the dust right before the Cubs won the World Series last year. But what about the Cubs fans who saw them win and then croak the week after? Or, like... I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. There was probably a Cubs fan that died while the ground ball was being hit <laughs> to Chris Bryant. Right? <laughs> and, like, just as he releases the ball, boom, lights out. And that person is dead. Didn't get to see the celebration. How about that? That's. But they knew. Did they? They knew. They were probably thinking, the Cubs are gonna screw this up somehow. 
Bartman. Dan Bartman. <laughs> so, speaking of Chicago, I'd say that uh, my greatest sports fear at this point one, I mean, kind of two, I'd say I'm I'm worried about my Chicago Blackhawks this season. They are, you know, favored as one of the you know a Stanley Cup favorite. Uh, obviously, not above uh, Pittsburgh. Um, but uh, I'm afraid that this, the moves that they made in the offseason might not have worked, but I'm especially afraid that the rebuild for my beloved Chicago White Sox is, uh, is not going to pan out. Uh, they've, they've made a lot of moves, got rid of a lot of guys, but brought in a lot of quality talent. Um, but unfortunately, they are one of the worst teams in baseball right now. In a couple of years, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty... Uh, I'm, I'm very confident that they're going to do pretty well, uh, you know, over the next couple of years. But I, I am scared that um, Brendan, that if they the won't. Re- if the rebuild goes as well as the last renaming of the field went, you'll be just fine. Listen, <laughs> guaranteed rate field with the arrow pointing down is the stupidest thing, and I will admit that, uh, you know, because it was it was U.S. Cellular Field, we called it the Cell. Now we call it. I think we, I don't even know. I think we just call it the rate. I think that's what I think that's what it's called. So uh, if uh, you guys uh, have any of your sports fears that you'd like to share with us, we would love to hear them. Uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at uh, TCRE Sports. Uh, you can also find James Cook on Twitter at James Cook fourteen. Uh, Brett Summers at BA Sports Writer and myself at Brendan Queeley. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash TCRE Sports. Uh, and of course, you can find our lovely work online at uh, www.record-eagle.com uh, and uh, check out some of the stuff that we have written for your viewing pleasure. All right, moving on to our over and under reactions of the week. Uh, the Red Wings missed the playoffs for the first time in 25 years last season, and it doesn't look that good for them this year. Not really. Uh, which is fine by me as a Chicago Blackhawks fan. I'm quite happy about that. Uh, Bovado has the Wings tied with Arizona, Colorado, Las Vegas, New Jersey, and Vancouver as the most unlikely to win Lord Stanley's Cup at 100-1. to uh, Pittsburgh is favored to three-peat at 7-1. to Edmonton is next at 9 to 1 followed by of course my Chicago Blackhawks and the Dallas Stars at 12 to 1. So, the Wings definitely aren't going to win the Stanley Cup this season. I think we can agree on that. But over or under reaction, the Red Wings make the playoffs. James, I think they got a pretty legit shot of making the playoffs. I don't, I'm, I just think that uh, a decent amount of the the young talent that they have got a chance to play last year and kind of got that out of their systems, and, and everybody I talk to seems to kind of take it on their shoulders that they were the team that snapped the streak, the 25-year streak of making the playoffs, and seems pretty uh, pretty hell-bent to, to reverse that and, and make the playoffs again and start their own streak. So I think those, are, those factors of the young guys getting experience and the team just being determined to make that just a one-year hiccup, I think makes them a legit chance to... Uh, now, are you saying that, like, if if you were not a Red Wings fan, which you are, yes? Well, I follow the team, and I've followed them for a long time, yeah. But you wouldn't consider yourself a fan? Yeah, I, I, I guess I would consider Meh. myself a fan, yeah. Yeah, all right. So, but if you weren't a fan, I, as, uh, you know, uh, do you, you 
legit think that you really legit uh, legitimately think that they have a shot to make the playoffs? Yeah, with uh, the roster that they, they have. have a shot. They've got a lot of young talent. They've got guys who I think uh, can turn into reliable twenty goal scorers like Mantha Larkin. Obviously, already has. If they re-sign uh, Thanasiu in time, and they've only got a little while to do that. That adds another one. Um, you know, they've got they brought in a couple of veteran guys this year, and they've got veteran guys coming back. You know, we'll see how we'll see if Cronwall can stay healthy, if Franzen can stay healthy, and stuff like that. But I think they've got young guys who can play those roles. I agree with James that they have a shot. Um, you know, everything over time kind of gets reduced to averages, and I think there were a lot of guys uh, for the Red Wings last year, maybe with the lone exception being Henrik Zetterberg. Uh, that played below expectations and below what they have done in seasons past. So just based off of that, I would think that we'd see those guys at least rebound a little bit. Um, and then on top of that, as James mentioned, there's so much youth with this team. <laughs> on top of <laughs> on top of regaining maybe the the step they took back last year, they also should still be developing and improving. You know, these aren't guys that are, you know, have already tapped out their potential. So I think they should get better in that aspect too. But <clears throat> I'm gonna say overreaction officially. Uh, I mean, Vegas doesn't get a ton wrong, especially when they lean so heavily one way. And uh, you know, I think. I'd put some trust in their findings as well, and I'd say it's proud. You know, granted, that's Stanley Cup odds, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, they were – there was only one team behind them in the division standings last year. Even if you improve by, you know, X number of games, 10 games, whatever, it's not necessarily going to get you in to the postseason. So I'm going to say uh, overreaction that Detroit will not make the playoffs. What is the – what was the feeling at camp? What were the kind of the, uh, you know, how were the how were the guys feeling? Chip on the shoulder, big time, yeah, for sure. I mean, ev- almost every single guy that they brought up uh, to put in front of the the media, I mean, it was kind of the same thing. Uh, just you know, each one using some kind of different words. Dylan Larkin talked about it being. Uh, a new chapter, a new era since the playoff streak is snapped and that it's time to start a new one. And um, it was kind of funny. Jeff Blaschel, coach, was asked later about that sort of sentiment from his team. And he didn't really come out and say specifically that he sees the the chips on the shoulders. But, um, you know, I, at least for me, listening to his answer and how he gave his answer, it felt like he had one too, even if he wasn't going to come right out and say it. It's all the players that I talked to pretty much said the same thing too. Uh, you know, Anthony Mantha said, you know, well, you know, we're the ones who broke it, you know, so we have a chip on our shoulder and we want to, we want to fix this, and be the team that fixes it, because, you know, since we're the ones who broke it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do have. Uh, <coughs> it is a new era now with with them, especially at the Little Caesars Arena. So, and all the guys are pretty excited about that. Um, speaking of that, I did want to touch on one thing, um, the uh, kind of up in the air currently, uh, whether or not the training camp is going to be held at Center Ice Arena uh, here in the future. I know that right now uh, that the uh, Center Ice Arena needs to make, what, $220,000 worth of upgrades uh, to the to the rinks to be NHL compliant. Uh, do you guys have any late news on that? Yeah, I talked to Terry Marshawn, <coughs> the director at uh, Center Ice, and he said that... Uh, 
he had a meeting. He and some of the board members from Center Ice had a meeting with Ken Holland and the Red Wings on Sunday, and he said that it went very well, um, and he was very encouraged. Uh, he didn't really say specifically, you know, whether they had anything hammered out or how they were going to pay for this or anything, but it sounded like, you know, that the Red Wings would try to help wherever they could um, and that they definitely wanted to keep training camp here in Traverse City. You can just imagine what a loss that would be for Northern Michigan hockey to, one, now that we've lost the North Stars for the foreseeable future, who knows when, if and when that team's going to be able to come back. And then if you add on top of that, losing out, you know, Red Wings prospects tournament and then training camp, that would decimate, and feel like it would really decimate the center ice arena over there. So Yeah, Detroit, I mean, they've really become uh, a staple in the summertime in Traverse City. You know, you've got Cherry Festival and all these other uh, events going on, and, and Red Wings camps have, I mean, become very much a part of that, and, uh, you know, a lot of people come from out of town, uh, as well as those in town to see the Wings play here, so, um, you know, between hotels and restaurants and local business, and, I mean, even just as far as getting the local fan base here fired up for the for the coming season, um, I don't really see any benefits to the Traverse City area should the Red Wings leave. No, no, no. It'd be, uh, it'd be easier to find painful. a hotel. Yeah. yeah. Terry did mention also that the uh, Traverse City Visitors Bureau seemed like that they would be uh, willing to help out or see if they could facilitate you know, keeping the Red Wings here too, however they could. Bake sale. Bake sale, car wash, <coughs> right? You can raise the $220,000 that way. Danny DeKaiser hey, hit hey. a hole in one the other day. I mean, they ought to be able to just line up golf tournament after golf tournament. Yeah, there you go. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, uh, let us uh, move into the world of local sports. Um, the Leland Comets avenged uh, last Tuesday's loss to Kingsley by handing the undefeated Stags their first loss of the season during Saturday, uh, Saturday's Cadillac Invitational, uh, Volleyball Invitational. Um, Leland topped Kingsley in two pretty... Uh, Close games 26-24 and 25-22 in the quarterfinals before falling to Cadillac in the semis. Uh, both teams are ranked uh, in, in the state. Uh, Kingsley finally broke the top 10 after being uh, an honorable mention uh, for the first portion of the season. They're number 9 in Class B, sitting at 22-1. and one. And then Leland is at number 2 in Class D, 13-7-2. Uh, and two. and I'm, some people will probably be curious as to why a team that is 13-7 is ranked number 2. And Class D, it's because Leland has probably the hardest volleyball schedule that uh, you know head coach Lori Glass can can make. They've mm-hmm. played several Class A teams and like the top Class A teams like uh, Novi and, and uh, Northville and then some other ones that are just mm-hmm. uh, and, and have held their own. Um, and but you know Lori Glass likes to do that. Um, so uh, Kingsley has always been a bit of a, a thorn in Leland's side, over or under reaction. The Comets have Kingsley figured out and will take care of business against them at the Sutton's Bay Tournament on October 10th and at the ABCD Quad to end the regular season on October 23rd at Traverse City St. Francis High School. Well, uh, now I'm not sure it's a, a given that they will play in those contests, but you know we're sure, sure hoping that they do. Uh, I believe they will in the Quad. Uh, it's just a matter how the draw goes in the Sutton's Bay Tournament. But in the Quad, they'll play each other. Especially after splitting their first two matches, uh, Brendan, you mentioned Kingsley taking the first and Leland taking this one, um, and maybe uh, maybe it's not so much Leland figuring out Kingsley specifically, 
but the Comets have really dealt with some injury issues early this season to some. I mean, there's their biggest play, their their biggest and best players, uh, Rowan Wilson and Allie Martin. Allie Martin was out virtually up until this point uh, before this this weekend, uh, and Rowan Wilson had played to that point, and then she got hurt uh, just recently, and so she was out on Saturday, and so not only is Leland trying to figure out you know how they're gonna make do going forward, uh, but they're doing it really well, and uh, I think it started against St. Francis. You mentioned that match. Uh, Leland coming back uh, from a deficit to uh, win that game against a very good St. Francis uh, squad, and then uh, again with Allie Martin coming back and topping Kingsley this weekend, I think that that really shows that the Comets are, are figuring out what they need to do, and Lori Glass kind of spoke to that on Saturday, just about how incredibly proud she is of her team and how everybody's ready to go. They know their roles. They know what they need to do, even if, you know, any given player is missing from the lineup and uh, are still managing to beat, like you mentioned, Class A teams, ranked Class B teams. Uh, St. Francis, they're, they're ranked, routinely yeah. ranked. They're yeah, ranked they're, right they're now. They're sitting right now at uh, number nine in Class C. So, you know, I think uh, maybe more, more so than specifically figuring out Kingsley, I think Leland's figuring themselves out. Sure. And if and when all their star players are ready to go, watch out. Yeah, I, you know, speaking with Lori Glass, I know she said that she's going to um, kind of maybe not handle Rowan Wilson with kid gloves, but she's certainly not going to push Rowan Wilson. Rowan's one of their, you know, top hitters, uh, and she's dealing with a back injury right now. And uh, you know she the the you know when I spoke with Lori, uh, uh, she said that Roan would be out for up to five days, but it looks like I you know I think that uh, she's really going to take her time with her and, and um, not uh, not rush her back because uh, a back injury, especially to a hitter, can uh, that can, that can linger for a while. And, and if you look back at the history, at least recently in, in recent years, um, between Leland and Kingsley. Um, Kingsley tends to win the league matchup most seasons. I think four of the last five, they've won the league matchup, and then usually that later that season they play again one or two more times, and Leland takes those games. And I don't know if it's because they've got it figured out or because Kingsley just gets fired up because they want to win the league title, and you know, and winning the Northwest Conference means that you can say that you know you won a league that has a team that's probably going to go to the Final Four in it. I mean, so I think that's kind of a big motivation for Kingsley, and, and they really get up for that that first game, which is usually the league game. All right, uh, moving on to football. Uh, the Associated Press uh, released its latest state rankings with both the uh, Traverse City's undefeated teams making an appearance. Uh, 4-0 Traverse City West tie, uh, sits tied for seventh in Division One with Detroit Catholic Central, and 4-0 Traverse City St. Francis is tied for the top spot in Division se- uh, Division Seven with uh, New Lothrop. Uh, both. West and Central handled their opponents uh, handled their opponents in Week Four with the Titans winning 52 to 20 over Petoskey at home and the Gladiators shutting out Benzie Central 40 to se- 47 to nothing on the road. So over or under reaction, both West and Saint Francis enter Week Nine undefeated at eight and zero. James, I think it's I think it's totally plausible. Um, I, I I would see it happening. Not necessarily a guarantee, but pretty close to that 
Um, St. Francis and West are going to go into every one of these games as a, as a favorite by probably at least a touchdown. You know, um, and that's, you know, West has got to play a decent team in, in Benton Harbor. You know, St. Francis has got to play some decent teams in, you know, Kingsley, Grayling, the rest of the, the league teams and everything like that. But, but they're going to go into all those games favored to win, definitely. Yeah. West starts this week. Uh, they've got Alpena. Uh, historically, they've never lost to Alpena. Uh, then they have um, uh, Benton Harbor the following week, Cadillac, Gaylord, and then they end things with Coldwater, who's sitting at 3-1. and mm-hmm. one. Um, Yeah, West has just been uh, pretty much dominant throughout the you know the first four games of the season, mm-hmm. uh, and head coach Tim Moore wasn't all that impressed with his team and the way they played against Central, and they happened to win that you know the TC Patriot game and pulled that one out. Um, the interesting thing about West is just how many weapons they have offensively. Of course, they have Ryan Hayes, who, you know, they, they flashed him pretty early against Petoskey with a 71-yard touchdown uh, catch and run. Um, you know, you were, you know, Brett, you were there for that one. You saw that, and I think you were questioning, you know, pretty much Petoskey's choice of defense for the rest of that game um, and, and saying that why don't they have, uh, you know, a safety in the backfield trying but they didn't they didn't go back to to, uh, to Hayes much after that they didn't need to their their ground game is just uh, about as impressive as you as you can get it's they rushed for 436 yards uh, that was the second time this season they had rushed for more than 430 uh, they rushed for 389 against uh, Midland in week one and then they rushed for 214 which is still uh, pretty good uh, against uh, central uh, in the in the Patriot game but what's interesting about West is that they've had a different leading rusher each week. Um, uh, Jacob Pulowski, who is out f- for, uh, he was out this past week with uh, turf toe and could be out for a while. Uh, he led in week one, and then you had uh, Eric Levante, uh, I believe he led in week two. Andrew Campbell led in week three, and then you had John Jerkovich step up and uh, lead in, in week four. It's just impressive that they have that many guys who can take over the ball at any one time. And I know we've discussed this before, but uh, it's it's just impressive to see what they've done, especially through the first four weeks uh, of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, St. Francis, they have weapons of their own. Yeah, they've got a lot of weapons on offense, and their their defense is a weapon as well. Um, I mean, people can maybe, maybe kind of overlook that because they bring up 47 points. But, um, you know, their, their defense is what's going to take them in the playoffs. They have a, they have a very good offense as well, but that that defense is just solid and sound and does everything well. I mean, when other teams have to go to the air, they can they can cover. They they stop the run. They just stop the run first. They they just they try to take the run away from you and make you do other things. Um, and their secondary is getting picks every game. Um, I mean, they're getting they have. They have guys that aren't even starters that have multiple interceptions this season. <laughs> I mean, Tyler Pritchard's not even a starter in the in the secondary. He's got two interceptions this year already. Um, that tells you, and also that a lot of kids are playing because it's blowouts yeah. and stuff. But uh, the the defense is just kind of what stands out. I mean, are we surprised by what West and St. Francis have done so far this season? Were we expecting both of these teams to be sitting here week four, four and off? No, I don't think we were expecting it. Uh, I mean, at least I wasn't, especially for St. Francis. I just, I mean, I know they're great every year, but it just seemed like maybe this year the, the graduating class that departed was maybe going to be a little too much to overcome, you know, not to make the playoffs again, but, you know, to be 
considered one of the top teams, if not the top team Currently in the, the state. Top team. Uh, but so I wasn't sold earlier in the year. Uh, that was obvious by my emphatic Glen Lake choice before they rolled up on the Lakers uh, pretty decisively. Um, and as for West, I'm less surprised. Uh, <clears throat> I guess I'm just I'm a little more surprised maybe at uh, the rest of the Big North Conference maybe not being quite as strong as I thought they would be. But, I mean, West has done nothing short of being excellent week in and week out in almost everything they do. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I figured they would have a good team coming in. I, I thought coming in that they would be the second-best team in the Big North behind Central. And, obviously, those are two very close teams based on what happened in the in the Patriot game. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm impressed. All right, uh, so moving on, the uh, Get Around Hall of Fame. We've got some candidates this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, I got to see him play firsthand. I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'll go with uh, John Jerkovich from Traverse City West. Uh, he finished uh, with 138 yards uh, on the ground with two touchdowns. He also had a uh, receiving uh, touchdown. The kid was all over the place uh, on defense as well and, and was, was always by the ball. Um, so in, in a you know a 32 point victory over a conference opponent, uh, I'm gonna go with John Jerkovich this week as my uh, nomination for Player of the Week. Uh, Brett, who are you putting up? I'm gonna put up Leland's Allie Martin. Uh, she came back in that Cadillac tournament and uh, put up 32 kills and over 40 digs, uh, leading Leland to the semifinals, uh, where they did end up losing to Cadillac, a very good very good volleyball team. Um, but uh, you know just impressive numbers for you know some of her first actions since coming back from the injury and and as we talked about before leading Leland over Kingsley and avenging that loss from just the week before yeah so for those of you who don't know uh, Allie Martin blew out her knee in uh, I think uh, early to mid-February and is uh, just now getting back and the knee is certainly an important part you know when you're an athlete you really do you, re- you, you need, need that those. knee you need both of them so to, to function uh, James, who do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to go with Leland as well, uh, but a different sport. Um, Andy Muscada uh, for the soccer team. Uh, I mean, they're 12 and 0. Uh, obviously, part of this is going to be his defense that's in front of him as well. But uh, I mean, they have 12 wins. Seven of them are shutouts by Muscada. At least, uh, and the game they had the other day against North Muskegon, the only goal that was scored was a PK, which I mean, you detailed in your season preview story about how penalty kicks are. Basically Pretty much a given. A fifty-fifty. Well, best. it's a at best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's well, it's a fifty-fifty as for the for the keeper is which side which he's side going to go to. He's going to yeah. choose. Uh, in terms of, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's probably eighty percent. Yeah. Uh, All the shootouts I've seen. Rate, yeah. Yeah. Usually the five shooters, usually four of them make it at least. Yeah. It seems like. So. But you know, the the question there is, I'm not trying to take anything away from Mosqueda, but you did mention Leland's defense, and. How many shots is Muscada really facing every game? Not many. So yeah. not only that, because uh, Leland also has an offense which plays defense, basically by keeping the ball on the other side of the field and having Muscada sit back there and going, "All right, I'll wait." Mm-hmm. Uh, but when, but he, when the pressure comes, but when yeah, it comes, he's, he's ready for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and they've had some wins over some pretty decent teams too. Um, in that in those twelve games, they're not just uh, all eight to nothing routes. You know, they've beaten. Buckley and North 
Muskegon's, I mean, actually North Muskegon, the score was a route, but North Muskegon is traditionally a pretty good soccer team. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing, they were runner-up last year, right? No, that was Muskegon Catholic Central. Sorry, or Catholic. West Michigan Christian. Yeah. Yeah, they're traditionally a soccer powerhouse. Yeah. All right, so uh, what are we thinking, guys? I mean, I, I am... Uh, I'm willing to, to give it to Ellie Martin. I think that making a huge comeback like that from an injury and then having to step up with uh, Rowan Wilson going down like that, um, I, I would, uh, as impressive of which, uh, you know, what Jerkovic did and what Mosqueda has done, you know, Jerkovic was part of a running team that, that gained 436 yards um, mm-hmm. and was running behind a, a offensive line that is just technically sound and very strong up front even though they might not be the biggest um, but yeah I got I, I think Allie Martin certainly with what she did uh, you know over the weekend um, I, I, would vote, I would vote for her I, I second that as well I mean, all right yeah well Brett Summers wins it again so <laughs> uh, all right congratulations to Allie Martin uh, our third inductee into the uh, get around Hall of Fame as our athlete of the week. All right, uh, we'll have dozens of a- dozens of athletes competing for a spot as our athlete of the week in episode number four. So let's take a gander at some of the big games of the week. Uh, in football, the most intriguing game on the gridiron has to be Onekama at Sutton's Bay. So, do the Portagers have a chance to upset the Norsemen and spoil Sutton's Bay's homecoming, James? Uh, yeah, I th- I, th- I think that uh, Onekama is going to come in this game as the favorite, even though. Sutton's Bay will have the, the emotion of being playing on uh, on homecoming and everything. Uh, uh is coming in four zero. They were ranked number two in the the lower division or eight eight player rankings. I don't know if the new ones have them any different or not. But uh, you know, four zero. They've just been impressive, uh, offense and defense, all season. You know, I saw them playing the scrimmage and they they can just do a lot of different things. Um, Sutton's Bay is three and one. You know they first year program, and with a very very young coach, um, have done very well right out of the gates. Um, but I just think uh, Onekama will be a little too much for them. Yeah, I think Onekama is going to take this matchup as well. Um, you know, I've uh, <clears throat> as far as the Associated Press polls go, I've got a vote in the eight man, and I've been voting for Onekama in the in the top five just based on looking at what other teams across the state have been doing and I mean I think they've been as impressive as anyone and I think I think we've talked a little bit about how you know Onekama maybe did something that not a lot of these eight-man schools have done as far as deciding to go the eight-man route maybe a year or two before they absolutely had to to keep the program going um, you know where they were at last year um, they probably had a legitimate shot to make the playoffs as an 11-man team again this season uh, but they opted to go down now and you know I think as far as transitioning and having the number of athletes and having experienced athletes all that is sort of snowballing into a positive uh, a positive storm for the Portagers and and being absolutely ready to handle this moment and being ready on the field on Fridays so I think they'll handle Suttons Bay but it, I'm I'm still really curious to see. This is I I think this will be the best team that Suns Bay has faced this year. So I'm just curious to see how how the Norsemen will uh, handle that challenge. All right, other big football games this week include Alpena at West and St. Francis at Kingsley. Both the uh, West and St. Francis obviously looking 
to go uh, to 5-0, and and both of those teams certainly have a good chance to do that. Uh, Glen Lake is looking to rebound after having last week off and uh, coming off back-to-back losses. Uh, Glen Lake is going to be playing Charlevoix. You have Elk Rapids at Benzie, Kalkaska at Sheboygan, Frankfurt at Johannesburg, Lewiston, and then Central, of course, hosting Gaylord in a Saturday matinee matchup at 1 p.m. at Thurlby Field. Outside of football, I'd say that the biggest match that we're going to be looking at this week is going to be Wednesday's Northwest Conference soccer battle between undefeated Leland, who we've just been talking about, uh, and North Bay. Um, you know, uh, I, I spoke with uh, North Bay head coach uh, Tom Spencer several times on the phone, um, and he said he's very excited to uh, going up, be going up against a team that's undefeated. Uh, like Leland is. He was hoping that he'd face both uh, Buckley and Leland uh, as, as undefeated teams. Um, he didn't get that wish against Leland or against Buckley. Sorry, they had they lost to uh, uh, Leland earlier on, but um, those two teams battled to a 1-1 uh, draw uh, you know, last week. And uh, what's interesting about Tom is uh, he does not lack, lack for, uh, for confidence in his team at all. Uh, we were talking about it, and uh, he was he was telling me how he feels that he's he's got a team that has a, a chance to have a potential of five 20 goal scorers on his team, and he's uh, he said that they've got a, a chance at fighting for a state championship, and uh, so that'll certainly make things uh, interesting when they face uh, Leland uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Brett Dyer's obviously got to be the the forefront of those those five 20 goal scorers. Um, he was actually at the Central West game the other night. Came up to coach. Feigl at uh, at Central, who he played for previously in youth soccer, um, but but uh, I mean he's he's obviously the marquee player there, but uh, they, you know they seem to be kind of coming from all angles that that team does. Yeah, and I know that Tom Spencer said he's very excited about newcomer Austin Tarsa, and uh, you know he, he sees a lot of potential uh, there. I mean, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what uh, uh, what North Bay can do against Leland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tarsa's a big. Fast uh, basketball player from Lake Leland, Saint Mary, and uh, and has been a, a pretty regular contributor here recently. You know, from where I sit, it's a little early to make proclamations like that, but I really like it because uh, I mean, you don't get to or you don't develop a state championship caliber team, and you don't reach a Final Four or a state championship game without having talked about it and without actually planning on being there. And the fact that Tom is willing to be you know, so forward about that with us and uh, with anybody, you know, that wants to know about his team. It just shows, like you said, the confidence that he has in his players. And I can't help but think that, you know, his players appreciate playing for a guy like that who's always kind of pushing the envelope and what they can do and, and trying to make them better all the time. So let's, you know, and again, it's interesting. As journalists, we're used to coach speak. We're used to, you know, uh, one game at a time. It is what it is. You know, all, all those favorite. And we'll eventually go over our favorite co- coaching cliches at some point, uh, you know, during this uh, podcast season. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of refreshing to talk to a coach and hear him go, yeah, you know, we're going to – I can't wait to play Leland. I can't play – I can't wait to play Buckley. I want to, you know, face them both when they're undefeated. You know, I – uh, you know, he was happy about kind of being dogged early on in the season, not being mentioned as a, as a team that, that might compete for a state championship. When he looks at his team and says, we can compete for a state championship, you know, that's interesting because you'll hear coaches talk about, well, we're only worried about this game and this opponent right now, where Tom Spencer's going, no, we're a good team, and we've got the, the capability. Uh, if 
North Bay pulls off the upset on Wednesday, what would that prove to you guys? Uh, you know, uh, from a North Bay standpoint, that he's not wrong. That they, yeah. you know, they have as good a chance as anybody, especially among any of our local teams. Um, I mean, it's really hard to speak about any anybody else around the state that we don't ever, you know, get to see play. But uh, I mean, if they if they do that, there's certainly certainly a chance that uh, that team can live up to their coach's word. I mean, and, and a win over a team like Leland. Um, I mean, the, the tie for Buckley. Uh, you know, Tom said that you know that those that that deserved to be a draw. Said that that that's just the way that game went. That both teams played really well, and nobody deserved to lose that game. But then you you come out of that, you beat a team like Leland, who is undefeated, um, always a contender in the playoffs to go a long ways. That's got to be a huge springboard. All right, uh, well, moving on to our lessons of the week. Uh, last week uh, featured a great deal of close games and, and some blowouts as well. Uh, there was plenty to be learned uh, by what happened. Uh, so what are some of the lessons that were handed out last week? What did you guys uh, see you know, out there during coverage? Um, I, I think we saw that both West and Central are going to be pretty good in soccer this year. I know Central didn't have a very good record at this point, but they've had a, a combination of a very strong non-conference schedule and dealt with a bunch of injuries um, to key players. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they weren't even at 100% against Wes and, and got that draw. 2-2 um, two, two was the final, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 2-2 two, two was fine, the final on that. You know, you had the, you had the amazing goal by, by Cody Miller uh, right before halftime where he just let one go from, from the, right in the midfield stripe uh, 60 yards away and snuck it in under the crossbar. Um, you know, we learned that both of those teams have both have very good goaltenders who can carry them in the playoffs, I think, as well. Um, David Downing and Johnny Sox both both played pretty well. Um, you know, those those goals that came in were were goals that those teams earned. You know, they didn't give anything away. Yeah, I think looking at another uh, Central West matchup that we had last week was the on the volleyball court. Uh, you had a uh, a Central team that took West to the absolute limit and actually beyond. I mean, uh, three of those sets uh, went into extra points. So you had two matches, um, uh, Central won. It's the, the two uh, sets that it won, the, the Central won 26-24 and 26-24. And then the, the, the final set uh, was an 18-16 to in favor of West. And, it, it, you know, in the way that when I was there watching that, I, I certainly thought that West... Uh, or I'm sorry, Central outplayed West that game, and I think head coach uh, Emily Bauman felt the, the same way because she was not pleased after that win. They, West was lucky to escape uh, with the uh, with the 3-2 uh, win over Central. Um, and I, I think the biggest lesson that was learned was on, on West's part. They they had a big win against Cadillac earlier in the week, um, but and, and uh, Bauman said they came into the match against uh, Central thinking that they were world beaters and they, you know, they, they walk all, all over Central and that just didn't uh, turn out to be the case. And it was about as entertaining as you can get uh, in early season volleyball uh, in that gym. It was uh, it was loud and uh, and Central was there representing and it was uh, it was pretty impressive. But I, I'd say that uh, uh, West learned that uh, it cannot take any opponent lightly in the future. Mm-hmm. Central's going to squeeze in here one more time uh, with mine, and uh, it's maybe more an example of what is Central learning right now uh, as we speak leading into Friday. 
because uh, with their road loss uh, this last week at Portage Central, uh, 49-34. We're talking Central football here? Central football, yes. Uh, This is the first time uh, since Eric Sugars took over the program that the Trojans have lost back-to-back games, Uh, the first obviously being the Patriot game, 29-27. And in both games, uh, Central... You know, tried to rally uh, at the end and got close, and ultimately it just wasn't enough. And you know, I talked to Eric a little bit after the game, and uh, you know, this being the first time they've lost two in a row, it's kind of gut check time. And you know, who's going to step up and practice? Who's going to practice play harder than they've played all season? And uh, you know, we'll we'll find that out on Saturday uh, when when Gaylord uh, comes to play at Thurlby. But uh, it's just interesting because maybe not in anyone's words but my own, you know, I think this is teaching these other guys that, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to ride the the success of, you know, last year's senior class um, that, you know, as juniors and seniors pretty much led Central to -to back-to-back Big North Conference titles. And, you know, I don't think coming into the season I got that sense from any of those guys that they just expected it because they'd done it the last two years. But they may be realizing that it's just going to take a little bit more than uh, than they realized, and they're going to have to find a way to take it to the next level uh, to uh, make sure they at least get into the playoffs again since everything's in West's control now as far as the Big North Conference is concerned. Yeah, I, I think that was a really telling quote by, by Sugars in your story. Uh, about that, it's easy to be all in when you're two and zero, three and zero, four and zero, five and zero. When you're when you're going like that, and how it can be, you know, it's it's telling of your athletes who does show up, who wants it more, who's putting in the extra work after you've lost two games in a row, uh, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how uh, how Central responds on uh, on Saturday when they play Gaylord. All right, uh, as much as we talk about sports on this podcast, we are aware that there is life outside of athletics uh, for many of us. That includes relaxing, watching a little TV, maybe a movie. Um, So uh, for the trifecta this week, uh, instead of going with our favorite sports movie, which we will eventually do, I think we'll eventually have to... I think it's going to be tough to narrow down just to one sports movie, but uh, we decided to go with our favorite movie that has sports in the background, a movie that is... Not about sports, but sports is still present. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll get things started with mine. Uh, I'm gonna go with Point Break, the 1991 version, not the 2015 remake. I think I don't know why you need to remake a classic like Point Break, uh, starring the incredible Keanu Reeves uh, and uh, Patrick Swayze as well. Um, just I mean, it's such a good bad movie. You know, you ever have one of those where it's, you know, the acting's not really all that great, the writing might not be that strong, um, but it's just extremely entertaining. And of course, you have Keanu Reeves, uh, who's playing under a cover FBI agent, uh, as uh, he's Johnny Utah, who was the uh, quarterback at The Ohio State University. I can't do this. Sure you can. Who knows, you might like it. It's a killer rush. Buddy, this is your fucking wake-up call, man. I am an FBI agent! I know, man, isn't it wild? 
you have that as the background there. You have the, the surfers playing some some beach volleyball or some, some beach of uh, football as well. So you've got that. And then you have the point, you know, the, the part of it, which is, uh, you know, surfing is also that, that, uh, that uh, background uh, in sports. Um, so the movie is about bank robbers, bank robberies, um, but you still have some sports there in the background. And I just, it's such an entertaining movie. Brett, I know you haven't seen it, and I've been talking about it now for, like, what, the last three weeks or something like that? We're going to have to get around to it. Do you have a copy? I don't have a copy, but I think, I'm sure there's, that that has to be sitting in, like, the $5 bin at, like, Target or Walmart or Meyer or something like that. Like, Point Break has to be sitting somewhere in that just, like, bucket of... $3 bin. The $3 bin, yeah, just, just sitting there. I just there, have so. to be willing to dig to the bottom. Well, what you know what? I might actually do that tonight. Once we get out of work here, I'm going to go and try to find that on, on DVD and uh, I, I I threatened to to buy it on iTunes, but it's fifteen dollars on iTunes, and I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna drop fifteen dollars on iTunes uh, for a movie which is really extremely entertaining. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's oh, it's just it's so much fun, and you've got Gary Busey in it too. Gary Busey, like just as he was starting to go insane, not nearly as insane as he is right now. <laughs> Um, not Amazon Fire Stick or whatever it is. Yeah, Busey. where he's talking to his pants or something like that. Yeah, not that Busey, but uh, but you still have an entertaining <laughs> Gary Busey. So it's yeah, it's there's sports in there. You know, you've got your football, you've got your surfing, but it's not about sports. I'm uh, I'm gonna go with Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey, um, Pet Detective, Pet or what's the what's the second one called? Call uh, when nature calls. When nature calls. Yeah. Well, did they even make a third one, or was it just the two? I don't think they made a third one. Okay. <laughs> I think they learned their lesson after the second one. They're like, you know what, maybe maybe we well, just... Well, the first one is absolutely excellent. Uh, and, you know, just the, the whole premise behind it being that the Miami Dolphins mascot, Snowflake, gets stolen. It's and so he, good. And he gets burned. Sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and and it's Ace's job to uh, to track this guy down, and it ultimately ends up into being Dan Marino getting kidnapped, and uh, you know Ray Finkel, the exiled kicker turned uh, female police officer. Uh, you know, behind the whole thing, it's just I'm looking for Ray Finkel. <laughs> and a clean pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the particular scene that comes that comes to my mind that's just classic Jim Carrey is uh, when they go to the mental institution to try to find Ray oh Finkel's God, belongings so and he's running around in this pink tutu <laughs> acting well much like himself uh, let's see that in an instant replay I <laughs> Uh, oh man, just awesome, awesome. I I miss I miss Jim Carrey's uh, you know everyday presence within the entertainment industry. <clears throat> yeah, God, it is an that's an absolute classic. Like if there was one best movie with sports as a background, I think Ice Venture by Detective is certainly it. So. Brett wins again. Even before you, even before whatever is stupid. No, I'm kidding. James. <laughs> well, James, what are you going with? I'm going to go with uh, the Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad, which is the full title of the first one. Yeah, and then you have Naked Gun, what two and a half, and then thirty three and a third. Thirty three and a third. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. 
And they were all good, but but the original one, I mean, the TV show itself was was great. A short-lived TV show back in the seventies, I think. Uh, and uh, but uh, it's also set in sports in that a uh, big chunk of it takes place at a at an Angels baseball game. And you also have, you have a legendary sports figure and uh, acquitted murderer. Orenthal James Simpson. Orenthal James Simpson, yes. OJ, yeah. the juice. The juice. The juice is loose. But you have him in there. You also have Reggie Jackson is in the movie, who uh, plays the unwitting assassin. Yes. <laughs> and, then, you know, then, and then Frank Drebin gets to play an umpire. At Which one is point. a classic He, he knocks an umpire out in, mm-hmm. the, in the dressing room, takes over as the umpire, and then later is like an opera singer, I believe. Yeah, the guy who was supposed to sing the national anthem. Uh-huh. It's Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo, yes, very good, James. Good call. Very nice. So many classic lines in that one. I, I can't even start. Really, it's just, there's so much slapstick comedy and just goofball lines in that. A lot, a lot of similar to Airplane. Same. Right. Same actor. Yeah. And everything. Same style and everything. But just, just a classic. classic and I think movie. yeah. And you've got the you know the way that it ends is you have what I think it's OJ who's in, who's all beaten up right in the sitting there in the wheelchair. And then Drevin gives him a pat on the back, and OJ goes flying right down, down the, the staircase and flips over the. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's those movies, you know, where you're not. It's not your standard, uh, you know, recipe for a sports movie, which is you know mm-hmm. team struggles. You know, uh, then eventually there's some conflict within the team, and then they eventually overcome that conflict, and then they win. You know, that's that's your standard. You know. Uh, yeah. set recipe for a sports movie that's the nice thing about a movie like you know Ace Ventura Pet Detective or uh, Naked Gun or Point Break which doesn't really fit into the categories of your two movies you know mine's not very funny uh, but it certainly is entertaining so uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on this as well uh, let us know what your favorite sports movie uh, or movie with sports as a background is again find us on Twitter at TCRE Sports on Facebook facebook.com backslash TCRE Sports. Uh, you can find James on Twitter again at JamesCook14. You can find Brett at BA Sports Writer, and you can find myself at Brendan Queeley. Uh, please listen to this podcast, uh, you know, all the way through and until we're finished. Um, I don't know why I'm asking you to listen to it now, but well, you know, since you've probably already listened to it, um, but uh, go back and listen to our previous two episodes. Share this as much as you can. We'd, we'd love to get it uh, out there. Share on Facebook. Share on Twitter. Um, sh- you know, just talk about it in general if you're at work. Tell your coworkers about it. Um, but uh, yeah, Perfect water cooler talk. Yes. Yeah. That's the nice thing. I'm hoping that this will, uh, uh, that this will spawn some uh, conversations outside uh, of this podcast. Um, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, to the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, and for James Cook and Brett Summers, have a good week.